Friends, let us pray. Open our hearts and our minds, holy God, to the richness of your word. May your spirit enliven us to love you and to serve you through the risen Christ. Amen. Today's gospel lesson is from the gospel according to John, the last chapter, chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Hear the words of the gospel. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands 
and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the things I have come to appreciate about the liturgical year is that it reminds us that celebrating Easter is not a one-and-done thing. At least it's not supposed to be. Today is the third Sunday of an entire season of Easter, seven in all before we get to Pentecost. But now we're a couple of weeks out from Easter, and apart from sneaking a piece or three of leftover Easter candy from our kids' Easter baskets, chances are we have returned to normal, to our routines, to business as usual, as if Easter were a blip on the radar screen that comes around once a year. And today's story tells us that's just what the disciples were doing, too, after their first Easter. They returned to do what they knew how to do, what was routine and normal for them, as if nothing had changed. They went fishing. Presumably, fishing was old hat for them. They'd spent lifetimes doing it. They knew how to do it, when to go out, what part of the lake to go to, where to cast their fishing nets. But this time, they fished all night and caught nothing, nothing. Whatever they tried didn't work. And somewhere in the darkness, Jesus slipped onto the scene, completely unnoticed until daybreak when the disciples saw him out there on the shore. And through what transpired next, he showed them that their old normal could no longer be the standard. It wasn't enough anymore. If they were really intent on following Jesus, they could not go back to the way things were before they knew him. They needed to embrace that new normal that he had already shown them during their earthly ministry. They didn't need brand new instructions. They just needed to be reminded of what Jesus had already taught them and what they had learned. And like so many good teachers, Jesus didn't just remind them with endless words. He showed them. Thomas Troger compares this story at the end of John's Gospel to a play when the curtain comes down and an actor steps out on the front of the stage to deliver an epilogue one that awakens one flashback after another of what took place earlier in the drama. There, out in the middle of the lake, despite their expertise, the disciples caught no fish until Jesus told them to throw their nets on the other side, and they caught more fish than they knew what to do with. They could barely drag the full net to shore, and it's as if Jesus showed them, remember all of my miracles? Like that time back in Cana, when all the wine for the wedding guests ran out and I turned jars of plain old water into an endless supply of really fine wine? You perceive 
scarcity, but that is passe in my world. With me, there is a spirit of abundance, and that should be your new normal. We are the church. We are to cast the nets of God's redeeming love, seeking to draw others into the light of Christ. And in this time of religious and cultural upheaval, we need to ask if we are casting out into the same old, same old places with old and worn and torn nets. Are we asking what are life's deepest questions that people today are asking? What are the issues that today's generations are wrestling with? And what about that increasingly diverse community of people around us who don't look like us or are of another culture or socioeconomic class or ethnicity? What do they need us to hear on their behalf if we would listen? Now, if I were a betting person, I would bet money that there is not a church in America today that is not worried about the people that are not sitting in the pews. We need more young people. I cannot count how many times I hear this. Why don't they come? And I would suggest that if we're not paying attention to their questions, if we're not going to go out and meet them where they are so that we can even hear those questions, it's possible our nets might come up a little short, especially if we're casting them behind us into the past. I wonder where Jesus would tell us to cast our nets today. What side of the boat is he telling us to be on, to live into that new normal that he is now reminding his disciples about on this side of Easter? But Jesus was not done with the reminders. There's the beachside breakfast with Jesus serving bread and fish cooked over a crackling fire to all of the disciples. And it was as if he had said, remember that time when 5,000 people were hungry and I multiplied all those loaves and fishes to feed them? The story we love to tell our children but don't always take so seriously ourselves. Jesus is showing them these days of emptiness are over. With me, you will have all that you will need, and you will be satisfied. So take whatever it is that you have and share it with the teeming crowds around you who have none, and trust me to make it enough for you and for them. That, Jesus said, post-Easter is your new normal. And we are no different either than those disciples. We keep looking for more, looking to fill our emptiness with more stuff, more activities, accolades, distractions, and entertainment, more and more. But as a disciple, a spirit of generosity out of our blessedness means less is actually more. More for others, more for us. That too is this new normal that Jesus reminds us about, this side of the resurrection. And finally, remember that time in the garden before Jesus' betrayal. When Peter refused to acknowledge he was a disciple of Jesus, three times Peter answered, I am not. 
It had to have been on both men's minds during their conversation around the fire after breakfast. Do you love me, Peter? You know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Do you love me, Peter? You know that I love you. Tend my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? You know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Do you remember back when Jesus told his followers, if you love me, keep my commandments, and this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you? On the beach, he just reminded Peter about that. Feed my lambs, said the one who also said, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. He reminded them, he reminds us that caring for those who are vulnerable is still a countercultural act. Putting aside our privilege so that others can benefit is still a gospel mandate. And even though that culture seduces us into measuring our worth by how we look or by how much we have or the number of letters behind our name or how powerful people think we are, our new normal on this side of Easter says that doesn't compare with serving one another. Feed my lambs, Jesus said, and follow me. And with those two words, follow me, it was as if Jesus said, remember back in Galilee when I first called you to follow me? I told you to leave the old behind, to come with me and see what happens. Well, here we go again, this side of Easter. David Los calls this Peter's recommissioning, Jesus calling him back into discipleship, into relationship, even after he had messed up. In a few moments, we are going to do two important things in the life of this church. We're going to ordain and install church officers to particular tasks for a particular time. And then we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And both of these acts are reminders, reminders of this story of call and abundance and service and they should remind us all that no matter where we have failed, wherever we have disappointed, wherever we have messed up, no matter how long we have been a wall, Jesus is calling each of us back into discipleship, back into relationship, back into that life of abundance, back into the joy and wonder, and yes, back into the sacrifice of following him. These aren't brand new instructions. We just need to be reminded of them and follow because that's what this side of Easter is all about. Amen. <laughs>